Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting here live from NGC Studios for another uh, Saturday uh, edition of the show. And I want to thank you so very much for uh, joining me tonight, wherever you are in the uh, past, present, future hour. Uh, meaning, if you know, if you're listening to this. Uh, Live or on demand. Um, anyway, uh, great to be here. Contact info as usual. You can follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at somebodybrown.dc. Uh, hashtag uh, Whitfield Report. You can follow the Whitfield Report on Twitter at Whitfield Report. Follow me on Gab and Parlor at Sam Whitfield. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash the forward slash Whitfield Report, um, thesamwhitfield.com for uh, all of your needs, although I need to update that site once again. Uh, follow me on uh, Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the podcast there, also on Spotify, and um, yeah, that'll about do it. Also, um, one new very exciting announcement, um, I guess, we can make. Uh, I am now a, a, uh, I am now a full-blown legend for real now. Um, so as many of you know, uh, I, and I hardly ever like to use this term, but, uh, I am an ex-bear, although technically, uh, you know, an ex-Owen Benjamin cult member, although technically I, I was never in there long enough to become like a full-fledged, uh, cult member, but long story short, the, uh, the Owen Watch community, as I call it, uh, has now come together under one roof, sort of, and we are now full-blown legends, uh, so, Evil Powders, who uh, is obviously a regular in the chat here, and by the way, I'll, I will read the uh, the chat uh, roll call live here in a sec, but uh, our good friend Evil Powders um, finally put together a uh, good website, so he asked me to uh, play this promo video, and, you know... I figured I, I would because, uh, you know, he, he deserves it. Uh, but anyway, let me, uh, let me read off the, the chat here. So, uh, so far in the chat, we have, uh, the real amazing, the real official amazing Adam, uh, Eliza, who, uh, you know, thanks for joining Eliza. I'm, I'm surprised you get the notification. No one gets the notification anymore. Uh, we have Johnny Arcade, uh, we have Warfat Fist, we have, uh, Ellen Powell, the greatest troll to ever live, uh, and then we have Hondo over, over on, uh, D-Live, so, thank you, uh, sir. Um, anyway, though, let me go over the, uh, full-blown Legends, uh, video for you, so, uh, this is from... Evil powders, and I actually want to show you guys the uh, the website as well because it is pretty darn cool, if I do say so myself. Um, 
So, oh yeah, and Evil himself just uh, jumped in the, into the chat. So, uh, here is the full-blown Legends promo video that he made uh, three days ago. It's a little outdated. I don't think my profile is in the video yet, but I will show you guys the website. Uh, so, this is actually uh, pretty funny. So, um, let me roll this. Why I bought fullblownlegends.com. Wherever you go, I'll make fun of you. And I will aggressively be coughing on you. <laughs> I am a legend. I, I come here every day and I explain to you the symbols people use on your map of your life. We all are experiencing the same map, guys. We all have the same map. So who are your legend? Who is a legend? A legend is someone who tells you what the symbols mean. Um, a story handed down by tradition from earlier times and popularly accepted as historical, the body of stories of this kind, um, a collection of stories about an admirable person. So an admirable person is someone who explains to you the symbols on your map. That's all it is. Big, BB is the literal definition of legend. A lot of people are helping each other get it. Be a legend for each other. This chat, dude, want to hear something crazy? Like four years ago, I bought a website, fullblownlegends.com. I had no idea what legend meant. It just hit me. I said, and I never used it. I just bought the domain, fullblownlegends.com. And dude, we're full-blown legends. But it's there. Keep you posted. And so the domain expired. And so... Uh, Evil Powders, I guess, found this domain and bought it, like, out from under Owen, or I'm not really sure what the story, but he, he got it, so, in a way, Owen's, you know, right about the full-blown Legends thing, like, this is the one thing I agree with him on, and, uh, yeah, so, the, the promo video isn't done yet, but I, I had to pause the video and laugh hysterically when I first saw this. So, it, it, it evolved. First time on the radio today by a band called Low Cut Connie. Here we go.
And so, by the way, for those of listening on on audio, that's uh, Chuck Boris uh, singing a song. Now, this video itself is a little outdated, so I mean, I guess I could finish it, but I'll go and show you guys the website. Oh, yeah, so that's it. Alright, so that's the promo video for uh, FullBlownLegends.com. Uh, now, here's the site. Uh, hopefully you guys can see that in the uh, chat. Um, so, let me just make sure that OBS... Yep, it's projecting. Okay, so here's... The uh, here's the website, uh, fullbonelegends.com, the the uh, the main page, uh, home of full blown internet legends. So you have uh, the main page, you have the promo video that I just showed, you have the legends page themselves, uh, coming soon to the legends, me, David Krako, E. Scorpio, one step too far. Uh, now we have, uh, on the legends page, uh, Evil Powders, Chuck Boris, John Arcade, who is the, I mean, John Arcade deserves, like, legend among legends status. And, uh, yeah, that's it. For uh, now, I think um, I think my I think I've seen my page on there. I'm just not sure if it's live quite yet, but it, it looks cool. Um, so um, yeah, so basically, we're just a ragtag uh, hub of gammas. Uh, or Full Blown Legends in uh, our case. So, anyway, uh, I just wanted to, uh, you know, promote that and uh, say thanks to uh, Evil Powders for, uh, you know, putting this together. Uh, so, A goes, I'm a full blown retard, hardly a legend. Well, I mean, Alex Alex Jones Apex is is a self admitted retard. I mean, he he admitted he's kind of retarded on Joe Rogan, and yet Alex Jones is a legend in his own in his own right. So, uh, you know, you you can be retarded and be a legend too, Apex. So. Um, and you can also be crippled and be a, a legend. That's what I am. So, um, so anyway, there's that. Um, I was going to cover the Trump rallies, and I I did not get a chance to watch it live, and I haven't seen any footage on. Um, I haven't seen any, any like archive footage on YouTube, probably because, like, I bet you even the, the, uh, the rally itself is stuck in processing how the, the video, uh, so, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know, is, is, I think the rally might still be on in some places. Maybe. Let's see. Uh, Trump rally live. Guess, uh, guess not. Um, I could go through some of this, I guess. Um, so, there is one thing I didn't want to, uh, talk about, though, briefly before we get into the rally itself, and that is, uh, whoa, uh, did not mean to pull up Discord there, um, and that is, I did want to talk a little bit about, about conservative unity, uh, especially during the election, because it seems like things are kind of, like, fracked right now, um, that I've, I know a lot of conservatives because of this whole, uh, you know, thing with George Floyd and the riots, uh, some people are saying that, like, Trump's not doing enough, that he has somehow, uh, you know, cocked, uh, you know, to the establishment, um, and that, you know, he's no longer America first, I've, I've heard that rhetoric, um, but, uh, you know, I know some of you guys are not going to like to hear this, believe, and believe me, I'm not 100% satisfied with, uh, you know, Trump all the time either, but with that being said, uh, folks, I still believe that Trump is the best and, quite frankly, only choice we have, you know, at this point, because if we don't elect him, then... Biden for sure is going to, uh, you know, win, and if you think, uh, if you think things are bad now, like, shit is going to get way more fucked up, uh, you know, under Biden, and I'm not one of those black-pilled people who are like, well, it, it's, it's burning down in a way, so we might as well let it burn down. No, I, as I said before, I am still an optimist, uh, but... We need to be proactive, and so, uh, you know, I, I want to play uh, a speech for, for you guys because, uh, you know, well, things have changed over the, uh, over the past, uh, you know, several years in politics. I, I feel like unity among the Republican Party and among the conservative movement is still key to all of this, and, uh, it's funny that we started talking about full-blown legends, folks, because in my mind, no one is more of a full-blown legend than the legendary Andrew Breitbart, uh, who passed away in 2012, and, uh, I always like to play this speech of his... Uh, every once in a while, this was his final uh, CPAC speech where he talked about conservative unity. Uh, this was kind of like his final call to arms, but I, I think, you know, even though the election has changed, it's no longer 2012, obviously, 
um, you know, it's 2020, I think the message still remains the same. Now, at the time that he made this, like, I don't even think Mitt Romney was the nominee in 2012. But, <coughs> but Occupy Wall Street, which was the, the precursor to uh, Antifa back then, was around, and they were still prominent. So this was Breitbart's, uh, you know, call to arms in 2012. Uh, I play this about once a year on, on the show, uh, usually for regular listener of the, of listeners of the show. I'll play it once a year, maybe twice a year, uh, too. So um, anyway, here is Andrew Breitbart's legendary CPAC speech. Someone actually uh, did a remaster of the footage and cleaned up, up a bit and made it look like better. It's in HD now. So that's cool. Uh, let's see. Roll. Roll the tape. Let me. Uh, let me find where we're at here. Okay. All right, Andrew. Here is Andrew Breitbart's uh, CPAC speech, and I will go to the chat for you guys uh, to read what you guys are saying. Uh, clip number one. Roll the tape. for you, you Occupy freaks with your glitter bombs. Bring it on! Bring on the glitter. Everything has changed. Everything has changed in the last few years. Conservatives used to take it and we're not taking it anymore. Just today, as I was planning one of my stupid, silly, funny tricks, I didn't have to because I got word when I was doing a radio show today that 200 of us went out to the Occupy people to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with them to say we, don't, we, we are here and we're proud to be conservative and we're not going to take your... I didn't say it. I'm on TV right now. I'm a respectful conservative and my mom is watching. It's over. It's over. Right now, my Twitter feed is already calling me a big fat homosexual. Hello, children at home. No, your dad's not gay. That's how the left rolls. Everybody asks me, why do you retweet? Hey, why do you do that? I can't tell you how many people I admire. And in fact, there's almost... So I want to pause here real quick, ladies and gentlemen, because this is actually, this was actually kind of refreshing to watch, uh, to go back in time to 2012 and see that, you know, like in this specific instance, right, people in our circle of like conservative, libertarian, I guess, right-wing commentators. Like, we always talk about how, you know, uh, oh, Twitter, you know, 
Twitter censorship was, you know, is, has gotten really bad ever since Trump got elected, and it's nothing like we've ever seen before, and it just keeps getting worse, and we've never been, a, you know, we've never been censored like we are now, and, uh, you know, it may be true that it's worse now, but this was back in 2012 when, like, Twitter was, I think at this point, only, like, four or five years old. Like, in, in 2012, Twitter was not, you know, it wasn't new, but it was newer at the time. I remember that. Uh, I had only gotten, like, a Twitter account the year before in 2011. Um, you know, and even then, like, you know, Twitter was bad, uh, you know, letting the left go on and say insane, you know, shit. Well, at the same time, uh, you know, censoring conservatives. So, you know, it's, Twitter has always been a problem, I guess. It's, it's just that, you know, now in the era of Trump and now that, you know, conservative talkers, I guess, have more of a foothold than we did then on the internet, like more people are aware of it, but this has always been going, going on. So that's worth noting. Um, also, Apex, uh, yeah, thanks. I'll check the Discord. So. Almost no one in the world who I respect more than Hugh Hewitt. And he took me aside the other day and he said, I don't think you should be doing that, Andrew. I don't think you should be doing that. Well, Professor Hewitt, on this issue, I disagree. Because they've held over our heads with contempt the false narrative of their innate tolerance. The least tolerant people you will ever meet in your entire lives. I know it. I live it every single day. And I retweet it to remind them that I know exactly who they are. Which is something that I do a lot too. And that's also why, like, during the Bear War, when Owen's, like, uh, you know, people are coming after me and coming after, you know, Johnny and all of us, uh, I would retweet and often, like, quote tweet them, you know, and, like, sometimes I would, like, screen cap, you know, the profiles, and they would always have, like, you know, MAGA, you know, conservative, you know, something, something bear. But then, you know, they would always be attacking me, and I would be like, you know, I would quote tweet and say something like, wow, way to attack your fellow, you know, conservatives. So, you know... Retweeting and quote tweeting definitely helps, and this was the man I learned. I I learned all my best skills from this man, uh, Breitbart, and Rush Limbaugh with the broadcasting, obviously, but more from this man, more than anything. Uh, and if Owen had given me the chance, I could have taught him in the way of Breitbart, but no, he chose... Teddy Spaghetti instead <laughs> as his mentor, which is bad. This next race, over the next year, everybody asked me, by the way, to come here to speak about tolerance I'll get, and uh, unity. I'll get to that a little bit later. Because this is my war cry for 2012. You need to join me in this war against the institutional left. 
This is not your mother's Democratic Party. Duh. <laughs> Duh. John Podesta, George Soros. This is not your mother's Democratic Party either. You know whose party it is? Well, just this Sunday, thanks to Tucker Carlson. Thank you, Tucker. I had the chance of a lifetime to spend an enchanting evening with Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn. A Super Bowl party from hell. People said on Twitter, conservatives, you're palling around with terrorists. I'm like, well, if I'm palling around with terrorists, I'm not the best house guest because I'm still going to destroy. Now, for the uh, conservative Zoomers out there, and for some of my fellow millennials, uh, those of you who do not know who uh, Bill Ayers is, uh, he's worth a Google search, but um, basically, uh, for those of you who don't know, Bill Ayers uh, was basically a uh, radical, uh, call it, was basically a radical, like, domestic terrorist, like a little domestic terrorist back in the 1960s and late, in like, 70s, um, who, uh, he was the head of, like, a radical left-wing organization called, uh, the Weather Underground, or he was one of the heads, and I believe... Uh, I might have to go on their Wikipedia page real quick here and actually, uh, search him for you. So, hold on a sec here. But, yeah, basically he was like a domestic, uh, he was basically a domestic terrorist. Right? So, uh, I think he, I think he was responsible for, like, blowing up a police station or uh something like that okay bill bill airs uh okay uh okay so this is now i know wikipedia is slanted but for uh, time's sake here, folks, that's what we're going to go with, um, real quick, so, uh, Bill Ayers is an, is an elementary, uh, education theorist, uh, during the 1960s, there was a leader of the Weather Underground opposed U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, uh, yeah, that's not, that's not all they did, uh, they blew up buildings, and so I don't want to go into the early life involvement with Weather Underground. Okay, uh, okay, let's see. Um, after the Greenwich Village townhouse explosion in 19... Uh, 70, in which Weatherman member Ted Gold, uh, airs is close to Ontario. Okay, uh, I guess 
there was like a nail bomb explosion. Um, yeah, he. Oh yeah, he did. He did bomb uh, the N the NYPD headquarters in uh, 1970. So yeah, he's a little domestic terrorist. So not a good guy. Uh, and he was also Barack Obama's mentor later on, like one of the first people who, I guess, g gave Obama money in Chicago. Um, but people still don't like to talk about that in the mainstream media. But that's who Bill Bill's heirs is for uh, those of you who need a, need a needed a uh, quick history lesson. Anyway, so here's uh Here's the real full-blown uh, legend, Breitbart, once again, talking about heirs here. Everything that they stand for, even though Bill Ayers is the best damn cook I've ever experienced in my entire life. You have no idea how good his succulent ribs were. The butternut squash, uh, the, the carrot, the a hint of ginger soup was extraordinary, the whitefish, the selections of wine at this dinner. I had dinner with the 1%, my friends, Bill and Bernadine Dorn. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. You were charming. I mean that. You were. But then again, so was Ted Bundy. So it doesn't really mean that much in the whole scheme of things. And I have a thesis about who we're fighting against. This is the hard left. This is, I thought, when I graduated from college in 1991, I thought that that ponytail that I left in my humanities class, that silver ponytail, was just going to retire in the shady acres of academia and go on. I had no idea that these people were absolutely serious about the malarkey that they were teaching me, the post-structuralist, politically correct garbage. Unfortunately, in the year 2004, the radical left basically did a coup d'etat of the Democratic Party and basically kicked a person that four years before was called the standard bearer of decency in the Democratic Party, and that was Joe Lieberman. That, that was over. That was the end of the Democratic Party, and after the 2010 election cycle, DLC went under. It's over. There's no such thing as a moderate, moderate Democrat. And so what do we get now in Barack Obama? Well, I've got videos, by the way. This election, we're going to vet him. I've got videos. This election, we're going to vet him from his college days to show you <laughs> why, to show you why racial division and class warfare are central to what hope and change was sold in 2008. The videos are going to come out. The narrative is going to come out that Barack Obama met a bunch of silver ponytails back in the 1980s, like Bill and Bernadine Dorn, who, equally radical, said one day we're going to have the presidency and the rest of us slept while they plotted and they plotted and they plotted and they oversaw hundreds of millions of dollars in the Annenberg Challenge and they had real money from real capitalists. 
who gave it on to their children and their children's children, and then they become communists. We got to work on that. We got to work on that. That's a parenthesis. Barack Obama is a radical. We should not be afraid to say that. Okay? And Barack Obama was launched from Bill and Bernadine's salon. I've been there. It became a self-evident truth to me that there's zero chance that this incredible chef did not cook many... And by the way, everything that, uh... Everything that Breitbart says about Obama here is true. In fact, uh, you know, let me let me go ahead and say, folks, that um, you know, th this might be my last stream on uh, YouTube for for sure for what I'm about to say. But um, I would argue that. President Obama, rather than unifying America upon race. Now, Breitbart was not here to see this happen. Un well, I guess depending on how you view the situation, he was either lucky to have, you know, not been around to see this or, you know, uh, unlucky not to have seen this. But one thing I noticed, ladies and gentlemen, was... Uh, you know, after the Trayvon Martin thing, right, when uh, that George Zimmerman guy, uh, you know, killed Trayvon Martin in self-defense, and, you know, that was, like, the first time that I remembered, like, you know, race riots and, you know, all these, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, protests becoming a, a thing. Like, Obama was, Obama was president then, and, you know, that was when things really kind of started to go downhill. Like, like you know, like prior to Obama's presidency, like during the Bush era, during the Clinton era, uh, during the, uh, you know, Reagan era, uh, Obviously, there were examples, you know, obviously, like I said, America isn't, you know, perfect, and there was, I'm sure there were instances of, you know, racism that got captured in the media, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't prevalent, at least in my mind, like it is again today, like, right, there was, there was the civil rights you know, movement in the 60s when things got, like, super turbulent then in the media. And then, and then uh, you know, MLK was assassinated, and we kind of all decided um, as a country to, uh, you know, move on and, um, you know, ratify civil rights and unify. And, yeah, things haven't been perfect, but, like, for the most part, we all agree that, you know, racism is bad, and things, you know, went pretty good for the next, uh, you know, 30, 40 years, and, you know, like, uh, things were really good, well, then, you know, Obama came along and said he wanted to, uh, 
you know, fundamentally transform America when he was campaigning. And, uh, you know, the, the social justice warrior culture, like, started to come into effect. And, uh, you know, then, like, he got elected. And for a while, it seemed like, you know, thing like we kind of were uniting culturally, I guess. But, you know, then, like, you know, the Harry Louis Gates thing happened. And, uh, you know, he said the police were acting st- Obama said the police were acting stupidly. And then we had, uh, you know, Trayvon Martin, and uh, that was the first time the term white Mexican had been used. Uh, You know, and George Zimmerman was a racist for defending himself against Trayvon Martin, who was a, you know, a quote-unquote sweet, young, innocent boy. And, you know, then later we found out that he was like a, a really bad, you know, like crip or, you know, something like even as a teenager and... He had almost beat George Zimmerman to death and all that, but, you know, that didn't matter. Uh, You know, then we had, like, that uh, Michael Brown guy who tried to rush a cop in, uh, you know, in, uh, oh, I I forget where that was, but um, now there have been so many, but Basically, I mean, the race division, or at least the the most recent portion of it, actually started to, uh, you know, emerge under under Obama's presidency. So this is not Trump's fault, folks. If anything, it's uh, it's Obama's fault. So yes, Breitbart is right that um, Obama is a radical. So, and uh, you know, I might get booted off. YouTube for saying that, but I don't, I don't care anymore. I, uh, I just, I just made my case as eloquently as I, as I could, so. Clean deal for Barack Obama. Don't tell me ABC, CBS, and NBC, I don't have the, uh, that I can't posit that theory, because it's a self-evident truth. Just like it was a self-evident truth that he was with Jeremiah Wright, and just as it's a self-evident truth that when he was at Harvard, he was advocating for the worst of the worst to join the faculty. Radicals. Radicals at Beirut on the Charles. And, and that is who's in the White House, and that's who's outside right now telling you you don't have a right to be here and who would squelch your free speech just as easily they do at Harvard, Vassar, Yale, Wesleyan. They're a bunch of totalitarian freaks. And they pal around with our friends in the mainstream media. I always thought that the people in the media leaned to the left. I always thought that my neighbors in the media leaned to the left. But when they... It's... And again, folks, keep in mind that this is February of 2012 when he's saying this, okay? Mitt Romney had not even been elect... had not even been nominated. I almost... Yeah. (laughs) Ha ha. Oh, yeah, Mitt, Mitt never even came close to being elected, but this was before Mitt even became nominated. And by the way, uh, had Breitbart not had a heart attack, um, I don't think he would have liked Mitt. 
I, I honestly, I think had Breitbart won, we would have gotten an actual conservative in 2012. Maybe it would have been Trump back in 2012. I don't know. It could have been Herman Cain, who, even though I was like a junior, I, I Herman Cain was my first endorsement, uh, you know, for like, Herman Cain was my first political endorsement uh, on my old uh, internet radio show. So there, Black Lives Matter, don't tell me I'm, ra I'm racist, because the first uh, candidate I ever endorsed was was a black uh, business man who, uh, you know, that was the first time I also got pissed at the, at the Republican Party because they, uh, you know, they got fearful because, oh, Herman Cain had an affair and we can't have that. So, so, you know, they screwed him over and gave it to Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney loses. So then in like 2016 when it was like, oh, um, you know, Trump, uh, you know, Trump had all these mar extramarital affairs and, you know, Trump like, he screwed Stormy Daniels and we were kind of like, eh, whatever, like no, no one cares. And then, you know, it came out. You know, pe people people brought up that he, uh, oh, Trump screwed Karen McDougal, uh, and a lot of people were like, okay, nice. So, uh, you know, people just didn't care anymore at that point uh, with Trump. But we could have gotten a much better candidate than uh, you know Mitt, and I don't think Breitbart would have stood for it. But going back to my original point. Um, you know, the radical left has, has always been this way, even going back to 2012. I mean, Antifa is basically the new version of Occupy Wall Street, which is what Breitbart faced off against back in the day. Um, you know, not good people at all. Act like a provost at a politically correct university and tell people to shut up. I don't think that they're no longer can they be called objective journalists? They're playing for the other side. They've been part of demonizing good and decent people. They tried to defeat the Tea Party, and when they failed, just like their desire to create a Rush Limbaugh and it failed at Air America, they want what they can't have, and they try to recreate it. They wanted their Tea Party, and what did they create? They created the Occupy Movement. What is the Occupy movement, you ask? It's a natural, organic group of people. You've never <laughs> seen these people before in your life. Wait a sec. These exact people protested against you at the GOP welcoming committee in 2008, and two of them were arrested for planting Molotov cocktails, for, for uh, trying to use Molotov cocktails against the police. The radicals against the police. The Again, sound familiar? Just this week, folks, on my personal uh, fa Facebook page, which I never post, I never post anything political to my personal Facebook page, okay? I just don't do it. But, you know, people I go to high school, that I went to high school with, like back in the day, 
they'll always message me and say stuff like, uh, Dear Sam, you know, I'm imagining them typing, uh, you're wrong about Black Lives Matter being a radical organization. It's not a radical organization. It's, it's, an, it's an organic grassroots movement, uh, you know, born, born out of the necessary to fight racism and discrimination. Oh, really? Then, then why are they, uh, you know, why are their donation pages, uh, linking to, uh, DNC subgroups and, you know, JoeBiden.com and all that stuff? If they're, you know, if they're really an organic group, they should be nonpartisan, right? Um, probably this week, folks, by the way, I, I might do a stream in which I go on to uh, Reddit and read through Black Lives Matter's subreddit because it is mind-blowingly shocking, uh, you know, how... I mean, some of them are raising, like, self-admitted communists even out in the open. It's mind-blowing. But my point being, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Let's flash back here again to Breitbart and see how, you know... Let's play a game. Have things changed or stay the same? The radicals against you, exactly like Occupy, the same exact people. These are the same exact people that organized Camp Casey at Crawford. That was Occupy Crawford. These are the same exact people that went down the highway at the exact time at the end of the summer when Katrina happened. That was Occupy New Orleans. It's the same radicals. They've been in your life since Senator Obama became part of your vocabulary. They are at war with you, and they attack you, and they throw eggs at you. And guess what? The media looks the other way. You're domestic terrorists, you know. Janet Napolitano warned me about that. Yet when this group emerged, what happened? They exhibited traits that I'll probably get worst person of the year on a certain show. I don't even think that certain show exists anymore, so that's a dated joke. Uh... Drive me a, a tad mad. Bernadine Dorn, as we ended our... Yeah, uh, Joan of Arc in the uh, comments said, uh, Ugh, we need another uh, Andrew Breitbart now. I mean, yeah. I, I agree, Joan of Arc. I've been saying that for years. I've been, sa- I've been saying that for years that we need another uh, Andrew Breitbart. Uh, unfortunately, it's, it's no longer Ben Shapiro, which is really disappointing because Ben Shapiro is literally, um, Breitbart's, I mean, he should have been Breitbart's direct surrogate. He was certainly Andrew Breitbart's apprentice, but... Unfortunately, he was not his successor. Um, with that being said, I've there is a portion of me that respects Ben, that still has respect for Ben because he worked for Andrew Breitbart. And yeah, although I know it's hard, I know it's, I know it's highly unlikely 
but I do hope that he will eventually return to his roots. Maybe not necessarily with, uh, you know, going back to Breitbart, but more embracing the tactics of Andrew. That's, that's, that's why I can't fully condemn Shapiro. Like, I know it's highly unlikely, but there's a 5% chance that he will redeem himself. Um, let me put it this way. Uh, well, I'll save this rant for, uh, you know, after the Breitbart clip, because this is another point I want to make. But, yeah, anyway, continuing, continuing on with, uh, with Breitbart here. Bernadine Dorn, as we ended our dinner, said something very important, because she kept talking about the anti-war movement. Another parenthesis. She also said she listens to ESPN's Mike and Mike. End parenthesis. Take that what you will. And this is my thesis, that the anti-war movement was never about anti-war. It was a Saul Alinsky community organizing tool to get Barack Obama and the left elected. It went away immediately, and the mainstream media created a narrative called the story of the year, Time Magazine, but they will not tell you the true story of what happened. This is exactly the anti-war movement. How do I know this? If I tell that to ABC, CBS, and NBC, they say, that's a conspiracy theory. This is just a bunch of organic people. There's no organization going on, even though we have the emails to prove it, or the undercover videos of Natasha Leonard from the New York Times orchestrating with the radicals. Oh, that didn't mean anything. It did mean a lot, actually. Bernadine Dorn told me while at our lovely dinner, when I was snarkily pointing out to her, whatever happened to the anti-war movement? She, she let loose an affirmation of everything I know to be true. She says, well, that's not true. It's more or less that's what Occupy is. That's exactly what it is. The mainstream media refuses to tell you that these are the same shock troops that have been shocking us, pointing their fingers at us, trying to instigate riots with the police. These people are the definition of un-American. All right, so let me let me pause here because that's the most critical thing here, right? So, all right, you some of you may be going, okay, well, Sam, this is the 2012 election. Things were way different then. We were dealing with an entirely different, uh, you know, climate then. You know, back then, Mitt Romney was going to be the, be the nomination, which again, at the time of this speech, may I remind you, we did not know that at the time. Um, the candidate uh, had not been picked. Um, but Occupy Wall Street was certainly around. Um, Black Lives Matter wasn't, but they would be in another, you know, like, they would show up in another, I think, year, right? Didn't it, wasn't Trey, I think Trayvon Martin was either killed in, like, 
late 2012, early 2013. And that's when Black Lives Matter, I think, like, started to pop up, right? So it wasn't very long afterwards, if I, if I remember correctly. Point being, folks, because when I, whenever I play this clip in recent years, I always get someone saying, oh, this is old and outdated. Well, I mean, yeah, it may be an older clip, but it's not outdated because, right, with Occupy Wall Street, you can just change Occupy Wall Street to um, Antifa, right? You you can change you can change the Weather Underground to Occupy Wall Street, and then you can change the Weather Underground to Antifa. These radical left groups, they don't disband and disappear. They just change names. It's, uh, you know, and merge, right? It's kind of like, you know, with with bands. Uh, Sometimes bands don't, you know, they change members, but it's kind of like, uh, you know, they form like super groups. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but I'm I'm going with it for those of you. Okay. Yep. Uh, continuing on. So you want a unity speech? You want a unity speech? I'll give you a unity speech. I don't care who our candidate is, and I haven't since the beginning of this. I haven't. Ask not what the candidate can do for you. Ask what you can do for the candidate. And that's what the Tea Party is. We- I will also remind you that the, you know, the the Tea Party the Tea Party isn't really active like as a group anymore. But I guess, I guess now, like in twenty from twenty sixteen to you know now, like we're kind of the, the Tea Party. The the Trump movement is what the what the Trump. What the Trump movement is, is to me, it's basically all of the new right, or as far as I'm kind of defining it, because I'm I'm excluding the alt-right from this, but kind of like the new conservative movement, uh, you know, is basically the, the, the leftovers from the Tea Party movement who got fed up and voted for Trump, and who voted for uh, you know, MAGA. That's what the MAGA movement is. It's, you know, kind of the leftover Tea Partiers. And yeah, the, I mean, there are some grifters and some people who, you know, slipped in. But, you know, by and large, I think a lot of us are still, you know, true patriots. And that's also one of the reasons why I spent so much time, you know, on Owen over the last two years, kind of weeding out the bad, you know, infiltrators, the the people who were, you know, trying to infiltrate and bring down the MAGA movement from the inside. And I, I still think that there are some, you know, suspicious characters in there, but I don't want to go off on a rant about that quite yet. But yeah, anyway. Continuing on. Uh, let me back this up a bit here. And I'll shut up and let Andrew talk for a bit. To the anti-war movement. She, she let loose 
an affirmation of everything I know to be true. She says, well, that's not true. It's more or less that's what Occupy is. That's exactly what it is. The mainstream media refuses to tell you that these are the same shock troops that have been shocking us, pointing their fingers at us, trying to instigate riots with the police. These people are the definition of un-American. So you want a unity speech. You want a unity speech. I'll give you a unity speech. I don't care who our candidate is. And I haven't since the beginning of this. I haven't. Ask not what the candidate can do for you. Ask what you can do for the candidate. And that's what the Tea Party is. We are there to confront them on behalf of our candidate. I will march behind whoever our candidate is, because if we don't, we lose. There are two paths. There are two paths. One is America, and the other one is Occupy. One is America, the other one is Occupy. And I don't care. Along the way, along the way, along the way, and I'm not a candidate, I'm never going to be a candidate, I'm just a goofball from Los Angeles who wears goofy shoes, promised people I would shave, didn't, promised people I'd take a shower, I got too caught up talking to everybody, and here I am, kind of a mess, but kind of excited to be here, because over the last three years, I've realized that the Republican Party and the conservative movement is not what ABC and CBS puts on the screen. They try to portray you in the worst possible light. And when I walk through CPAC or I travel the United States to meet people in the Tea Party who care, black, white, gay, and straight, anyone that's willing to stand next to me to fight the progressive left, I will be in that bunker. And if you're not in that bunker because you're not satisfied with this candidate, more than shame on you, you're on the other side. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just going to tell you right now. I now, I have to tell you that I played that, that clip, so that last portion where you said if, if you don't support the candidate you're on the other side right I've used that quote several times through over the years in fact one of my very first op-eds when I started my blog website uh, at com, or no actually back when I used to write on medium back when Medium would still out conservative voices. One of my very first op-ed pieces back in 2015, it might still be up there. I don't know if they've censored it completely yet. But one of my very first, uh, you know, articles was about, you know, Breitbart's CPAC speech. And basically to summarize that, I was saying at I was saying look there are at the time I wrote that in 2015 there were 16 candidates 
who were, you know, in the running for the 2016 election, and Trump had just gotten on, and there were lots of people who thought that Trump was, you know, kind of crazy, that he was never going to win, and that he was just going to be, uh, you know, that he was going to run and, you know, then drop out and promote The Apprentice, uh, you know, and just promote, like, Trump stuff. But I said, like, even back then in 20, uh, you know, uh, 15, that I would vote for Trump because that I would vote for Trump if he became the nominee because I knew Hillary Clinton was going to be the the Democrat nominee. We all knew that. Like, anyone with two brain cells could have figured out, like, even back in 20... 15 that Hillary Clinton uh, was going to be the nominee. Hillary Clinton is one of the only politicians that legitimately scares the shit out of me. Um, I, I, I honestly say what you will about Joe Biden. Joe Biden might be, you know, laughable. He might be, you know, forgetful, but he's not. You know, he, he might he might not be the best guy, but Joe Biden is not evil. He's just an incompetent, you know, left winger. Uh, I don't think you know Elizabeth Warren is evil. I, I don't like her. I don't even think Barack Obama was necessarily evil, uh, but Hillary Clinton certainly was. And so I was like, look, I'm voting for whoever it is. If it's if it's Donald Trump who gets the nomination, we definitely need to stand behind Trump. Even if it's Jeb Bush, I'll vote for Jeb Bush. Although I was grunting when as I was typing that. And Trump got, uh, you know, the nominee. And I have to tell you, when that happened, when Trump got the nominee, when Trump, uh, when it came down, like, between Trump and, uh, you know, Ted Cruz, I threw my hat in the ring for, uh, you know, Trump at that point, and a lot of my audience at the time decided to go never Trump, so I lost in the 2016 election my old audience, or at least a good portion of it because I supported uh, Trump. And I don't regret it. Now, some of you, some of you, to your credit, those of you listening most likely, and I know some of you guys lurk, but you don't chat in the live chat that time. There, are, there were some of you who, you know, stuck around with me regardless and ended up becoming, you know, I guess Trump conservatives as well. But, you know, I guess my audience has changed somewhat over the years as I've done this show and that's fine. I'm not I'm not owned by uh, any particular, you know, politician. I've always done this show independently. You know, and obviously I'm not owned by you know, the Bears or you know, anything like that um, either. So, you know, I, I do believe that conservative unity is a, is a major thing and, uh, you know, look, I, I know I know that people are disappointed 
that the wall is not fully built yet. Like that's a that's a major uh, you know thing here. Is that you know the wall is not built and people and people think that Trump is cucking on this that and the other thing, and so all these like previous quote unquote America first conservatives, some of them, and I I think some of you know who I'm you know so, know some of the people I'm alerting to. Some of them no longer support Trump, and what I'm here to tell those people, uh, that's not good enough. Because Trump is the only Trump is still the best option. Yeah, he's not perfect, but and people say, oh, it's you know it's two party. You don't have to vote for the, you know, you don't have to vote for the two party system. Uh, you know, vote for third party or don't vote at all. Well, we don't really live in the syst- in that system where that's an option. Yeah, you might think it's you might think the two parties are different, or you might think the two parties are or are the same. And granted, Trump is not perfect, but I said this to the to the never Trumpers, and I will say this to some of the disgruntled, uh, you know, uh, quote unquote America first people who I don't think are America first, by the way. If you're dis- if you're disgruntled with Trump, I'll tell you what I told the Never Trumpers back in 2016. Okay, if that if Trump is if Trump is evil, right? I'm still going to pick the lesser of two evils. I don't think Trump is the lesser of two evils. I think by and large he is he's still a good president and I can tell you that as far as my life, as far as me personally, uh, Donald Trump is the best president of my lifetime. Granted, I'm only 25 years old, so I haven't been around that long. But I've been long. I've been around long enough to be able to say that. I mean, Bill Clinton. I mean, I guess Clinton doesn't really count because I was so young when Clinton won was president, but still Clinton. Then we had George Bush, who got us the Patriot Act and who got us into several wars. Then Barack Obama, who for eight years stirred up this uh, SJW and radical leftism bullshit, uh, you know, that plagued us now. And now we have Trump, who, yeah, might not be perfect. Um... But I still believe he's the best president. He has fulfilled mostly all his campaign promises. I mean, black unemployment is, you know, down relatively. Um, you know, the the economy was booming prior to the whole COVID thing. Uh, we haven't gotten into into any major conflicts. Uh, while he's been president, we kicked the shit out of ISIS under uh, Trump. And yeah, I mean, granted, some people think his handling of the rice has been bad, but let me tell you something too. I do believe the deep state is after him. I, I think I think these riots are like their last desperate attempt to try and oust Trump. I mean, 
I've seen tweets from Black Lives Matter activists and Antifa going so far as to say that, you know, Trump needs to be assassinated. Um, so, yeah, if, if you guys are... If you guys are on the fence because you, you know, you think Trump has cocked or you no longer think that Trump is, uh, you know, a true conservative or whatever, get out of the party. Get out. We don't want you. Um, so that's kind of my, I guess, unity speech. Trump 2020. Uh, so... Let me finish the uh, Breitbart speech real quick because he, he for for these uh, famous last words, I guess, they really are kind of amazing. And then Apex Gamma uh, just sent me a, cl- a clip that I do want to play for you guys too. But yeah, here's the wrap up of, of Breitbart's speech. I want to end it on a media bashing note because that will, that will uplift me like a Dion Warwick final rendition. We're watching you to play the race card, MSNBC. We saw how you cynically placed the Reverend Sharpton in a position of absurdist power. This is Dadaism. I learned that in college, that they would allow for this guy to have a show. This is Dadaism. It's freaky. It's Andy Kaufman. It doesn't make sense unless you understand what they're doing. This is going to be the dog whistle election cycle. They tested him in 2011, so he and his pal Toure and that punk Tim Jacob Wise and Ed and Maddow can sit there and call everyone who's Caucasian racist. I heard it. He used is instead of are. He's a racist. That's a dog whistle. Ignore it when Congressman Rand does it against Alan West. No more. We're going to go after you. I bought a dog whistle. I bought a dog whistle factory, and I'm giving you dog whistles. And we're going to listen to every word that comes out of your mouth, and we're going to hold you to the same standard that you hold to us, which is an impossible one, and you're going to have a hell of a time in 2012 because America has finally awoken to your Saul Linsky bullshit tactics, and we're coming to get you. Thank you very much. Well, that well that was unfortunate because it didn't, it didn't happen in twenty twelve, but it did happen in twenty sixteen. So Andrew's, you know, I guess final last words slash prophecy did kind of come true there at the end, but it wouldn't be until twenty sixteen. Uh, Apex Gamma, that lovely uh, Gamma, just. Uh, sent me a clip here, so let me go ahead and uh, see what Apex dropped for us. Um, So, and by the way, uh, folks, I will be on with uh, Versa Media here in just a few moments after we end uh, this stream for the second hour of the uh, Whitfield Report slash... uh, you know, Whitfield Report crossover, and, uh, yeah. 
So, uh, Apex, Gamma. I want Apex. Are you, are you still alive? And are you still in the in the chat? Alright. Um. So, Apex sent me a few uh, clips from the Trump rally here, where I guess uploaded them. Uh, Apex again. How, how does he have not? How does he have nine hundred and ten subscribers? And, like, this is the first time he's uploaded anything in a while. Uh, but I'm almost at 700, so thank you guys for that. Uh, so I think I'm at, like, 692 or something for my subscriber count. But, uh, anyway. So, uh, this is a clip of Trump talking about the defund the police movement. Uh, thanks, Apex Gamma. Very cool. Gunhenge left-wing mob is trying to vandalize our history, desecrate our monuments, our beautiful monuments. Tear down our statues and punish, cancel, and persecute anyone who does not conform to their demands for absolute and total control. We're not conforming. That's why we're here, actually. This cruel campaign of censorship and exclusion violates everything we hold dear as Americans. They want to demolish our heritage so they can impose their new oppressive regime in its place. They wanted to fund and dissolve our police departments. Think of that. You know, I heard it for the first time two weeks ago. I said, well, that one, I mean, they're only kidding. I said, they're only, they're not. Minneapolis, you see what's going on? They're not kidding. They got a lot of problems. They'll have a lot of problems. Hey, it's one o'clock in the morning. And a very tough, you know, I've used the word on occasion, ombre. A very tough ombre is breaking into the window of a young woman whose husband is away as a traveling salesman or whatever he may do. And you call 911 and they say, I'm sorry, this number is no longer working. By the way, you have many cases like that, many, 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 whether it's a young woman, an old woman, a young man or an old man, and you're sleeping. So what are you gonna do, right? So they wanted to fund, they really do, this is a serious movement. And in Minneapolis, the council's already passed it. In Seattle, you see what's going on there, it's even worse, okay? These people are stone cold crazy. They're crazy. So if you want to save your heritage, you want to save that beautiful heritage of ours. We have a great heritage. We're a great country. You are so lucky I'm president. That's all I can tell you. Now, people on Twitter were probably like, oh my god, that guy is so egotistical, he's such a blowhard. 
you guys realize that he, uh, you know, he said that just to tick you guys off. And, uh, but I will say, yes, thank God he is president because, uh, if he wasn't, then we'd really be in the shit. Here's the thing. I don't, I think all this shit would be not only happening under Hillary Clinton, I think it would be a lot worse. Uh, yeah, so there's case number one for remaining on the, uh, Trump train. Alright, uh, Apex's second clip, this is where, uh, Trump talks about the, the, uh, the lawless Chaz. Alright, uh, clip number four, roll the tape. How about Seattle? So they take over a big chunk of a city called Seattle. I mean, we're not talking about some little place. We're talking about Seattle. Have you ever been to Seattle? They took over a big chunk, and the governor, who's radical left, all of these places I talk about are Democrat. You know that. Every one of them. Every one of them. And I have an offer out. I said, anytime you want, we'll come in, we'll straighten it out in one hour or less. Now, I may be wrong, but it's probably better for us to just watch that disaster. I flew in with some of our great congressmen who we're going to introduce in a second, and I said to him, Congressman, what do you think? I can straighten it out fast? Should we just go in? No, sir. Let it simmer for a little while. Let people see what radical left Democrats will do to our country. All right, folks, so that is, uh, you know, what Trump said, uh, the, the Chaz, uh, you know, the, the Capitol Autonomous Zone. Uh, so, yeah, now I might do a, a stream either to, like, late tomorrow. Uh, I know people want me to do more streams, so uh, I might break down the, uh, the rally more tomorrow. Uh, I might also do a call-in stream where people can, like, where we can take phone calls, because I know some people want that, uh, but I will let you guys know, uh, people have been asking for, uh, you know, phone calls for a while, so I am thinking of, uh, doing that, folks, um, but it just, uh, you know, hasn't happened yet. So anyway, folks, uh, that'll do it for the first hour of uh, tonight's show and the main podcast. I want to thank you all for uh, joining me for this first hour. I'm going to take a, uh, you know, quick break and the transition and then uh, restart the simulcast uh, for hour two of the Whitfield analysis uh, slash the Verse Media crossover. Um, and I haven't tuned in there yet, but, uh, I'm going to go grab a, a beer 
and uh, I'll be back. So, uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in for the first hour. Uh, you know, for those who are signing off for the night, have a good evening. God bless and God save this great nation. Uh, for those of you who are planning on sticking around, uh, you know, stay tuned to this channel because I'll be starting the, uh, the new live stream probably in, a, oh, five or ten minutes. So anyway, way, folks, from all of us here at NGC Studios, uh, you know, God bless, God save this great nation, God freedom legacy in that order, and I will see most of you back here in just a second. Uh, be right back. <laughs>